Did you have anything? Yeah, it's a pretty nice day out. <laughs> yeah, I just like it to have a few more clouds so it's a little shadier, but it's nice. <laughs> well, I'd like to keep going with that theme, actually. You know, just before we start, and I was kind of goofing off, making some jokes about, you know, these things about like the mind and cults and brainwashing and all this, this joking around, you know, just kind of going on with what Jim was saying about knowing and knowledge. That's really a lot of what this boils down to. A lot of people call something a cult or call it this or that because they don't understand. They don't have the knowing or even the knowledge of what's going on. And so we hear or make believe of one negative experience, you know, like the wake coincidence or something. Well, instead of purple Kool-Aid, we talk about the purple light. So hopefully that's a little more uplifting. But really, it's those types of things that start to cause these belief systems and fear in people. And they have no idea or understanding of what goes on behind that. So they put a label on it. And as soon as we slap a label on anything, we've just now caused separation in our consciousness and have not allowed ourselves to even be open to a greater understanding or knowing of what's going on. And of course, the people who have the real understanding and knowing are the ones who experience it. For the better or for the worse, that's always the case. And that's what it always boils down to. And that's the trap of this world. Anytime we find ourselves going by the belief of somebody else, no matter who it is, even myself or Jim or any other spiritual teacher, if we take just their words and make some kind of belief or concept or construct out of that, it does not serve us. Then it's knowledge. It is not the true knowing. So the knowledge that we can gain in sharing here from a spiritual teacher is one to take that now, because it is knowledge. This is knowledge. This is our knowing we're sharing, but it's knowledge until you put it to use and now it becomes your knowing through your experience. And that's always a key, whether it's about spirit or anything in the world, anything. That's why I made the jokes about brainwashing. You know, aren't we trying to do that? What are we really doing in brainwashing? Simply trying to let go or clear out all the old beliefs or limiting points of knowledge that have blocked us from the greater awakening to the divine. That's all we're doing here. That's why I make the jokes about like brainwashing. That's right. Get the junk out so you're at least open. Don't even believe what we're saying. Just be open and then move forward and take the information or knowledge and begin to apply it to have your own personal experience. So you come to the knowing for yourself. And I can't tell you how many times now I have seen People hear rumors, whether it's about us or somebody else or anything going on, and they run the rumor as true, and it works against them. But then all of a sudden they go to the source and actually now are open and honest to get the information through their own personal experience or participating beyond even information. But quite often in this world it's simply talking or communicating kind of get the facts or at least something directly from the source rather than doing it by rumor or hearsay. And how many times I've seen when somebody actually moves on, you know what, I don't know if this is true or not, what somebody told me, I'm going to go to the source and talk and find out for myself. And boy, every time somebody's ever come to me to find out, it's always turned out so good and they've always, it was a weight off their shoulders. Just if anything that they let go of what something somebody told them, 
that they were taking on for on as true, or even if they didn't know it was true, it was still a weight. That's why they came and asked. And that was their blessing because they came and asked. They took action. They took responsibility for their thoughts and feelings and belief systems and didn't allow something that somebody else said to them or put on them because we can say stuff, but then we can even put on all this emotional baggage or fantasy we've created around it. And that's what we do. We go around projecting that on the world and everybody around us. And some of us do it very well. And so those of us that who receive from those that do that so well, it feels like a great weight or a burden. And if we're not careful, it'll weigh us down where we will now start to believe what somebody has put on us. And it's to our own detriment. It's a heavy one. It's a hard one. Welcome to planet Earth. That's what's going on here. That's why I always make the jokes that karma's like gravity. It's always weighing us down. The heavier the karma, the heavier it feels, you know, the weight of it all. And But what is that, though? That's simply letting us know there are some things we can begin to get greater clarity and understanding for ourselves. One of the first things Jim ever said to me when I started working with them and came in and started doing the sharings like this or the counseling work that we used to do was Spirit told me from the very beginning it operates under the premises of ask and you shall receive. Ask. We have to ask. Asking is beginning to take responsibility for ourselves, for our own journeys, for our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. We have to ask. Think about that. How many times have you noticed the difference in yourself when you've gone and asked for information and received it as compared to when somebody came and told you something and put it on you? Big difference, isn't it? When somebody tells you something, what you should be doing, this is the right way to believe or think, or you go, to the, you go somewhere, you're window shopping, and the salesperson comes up and tries to pressure you into buying something, and you don't like that pressure, that's what I'm talking about. We always put up our walls and resistance because we don't like being put upon. And that's what, how this world operates. But when we ask, we actually open ourselves, take down the walls, and are willing to receive because we want to. There's something we're seeking for our greater benefit, for our greater understanding. And then that's a whole different experience. And then if we're not getting enough of everything we want, we go and ask more. We research and keep looking and asking more questions because we're trying to get something now. It's a whole different process. Ask and you shall receive. You know, even if it's something beneficial for us, if somebody tells us and puts it on us, we'll still push it away, even though we know it could do us good. Because that is just some natural inherent response or protective mechanism or whatever you want to call it, of how things operate in this world. And if you can be aware of just even those couple simple things, you can begin to now work it differently. Even when somebody's trying to put something on you, by asking questions, you can actually begin to shift the energy. Just by questions. Instead of pushing back and yelling at somebody or putting it back on them, try asking them questions. You can begin to lead a conversation if you want. So, yeah, how about that weather today? <laughs> how about that? You know, what about this over here? Can you tell me about that? See, through questions, you can start to, in a sense, lead the direction, not only in conversation, but for yourself, 
And any time you feel put upon, simple little things we can do, easy ways to really take care of ourselves. Well, some of us can say, well, aren't you trying to avoid? Yeah, I'm trying to avoid somebody putting all their crap on me, aren't you? Anybody say, yeah, bring it on, I want all that. Well, that's great if you want to get some good exercise, learn how to handle that. But, you know, after a while, you find out, you know, maybe this isn't so necessary. Maybe I don't have to be the strong, tough person. Maybe I don't have to live by that saying out there, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. Well, I've already been killed enough. So, all right, did that. Let me find a different way of doing this to kind of lighten the load. So we start asking in ways that will support us and actually lead us. Because as you ask and you open to receive, guess what? Now you're open to allowing spirit to lead you. Where a lot of the times we're looking to spirit to tell us. Anybody here do that? God, you go into meditation, God, please just tell me what to do. Well, that's a question, wasn't it? Please, God, tell me what to do. Would you please tell me what to do? I know, we'll play games. All Brian said, if you ask, okay, let me rephrase it as a question. Tell me what to do. It's what a lot of us look to. So you can't even play games with this. You've got to move forward in a way that is truly open to receive so we can just literally step into what's next. And every time we want to be told something, we are placing a door within ourselves. Or when we want to tell somebody else something, we're placing a door or a blockade or a separation of some way, shape, or form for ourselves and others. These are simple little energetics. I'm trying to put words on them, but if you pay attention inside yourself, as we're saying, this is about waking up and knowing, having the awareness and understanding. You'll begin to see the very little things you say or do or think or feel inside of yourself, how it promotes being more open in a greater flow of spirit or how it places walls between us and spirit. And those walls between us and spirit are also walls between us and others. The walls between us and others is walls between spirit. There's no, no difference, no difference there. But if we can begin to get even an idea or a little understanding on this and then begin to go with it and practice working with these little techniques or tools, we'll begin to find ways to keep opening that door wider and wider so that we can receive more spirit. And even though it seems like we're receiving, at the same time, it's actually God pulling us forward. There's really no difference. Sometimes it seems like receiving. Sometimes it seems like giving. It's really all at the same time. So many times over the years, it was this giving and receiving, moving towards or something coming towards me. But when I started waking up and now experiencing in the spiritual realms and soul and beyond, it was always an experience of up and down merging at the same time. It's it was almost like I was going up and spirit coming down at the same time. And it would just be this merging of the two together as one. And I went, oh my God, it's not really me going to God or God coming to me. It's really just emerging in this experience of separation. It appears like there's traveling or movement towards or receiving from. But as we wake up into the greater oneness in the spiritual realm and that ocean of loving, we begin to realize the truth that it really is one. And in this stage of my awakening, I got to experience of that coming and going at the same time. 
Whereas there's just this merging, going straight up in the spirit and emerging into the oneness. And I went, oh, so there's the experience of giving and receiving. But all that experience is, is waking us up to the truth that it's just all one, that there's not actually a giving and receiving. It's really just a oneness and a movement of loving. That's all it really is. It's just a movement of loving. It's all we're really even doing in this world. But in the experience of separation, it seems like there's two sides because it's duality here, polarity, giving and receiving. So that's the way we experience it here. But once we start to understand that, we go, oh, well, okay, if that's not my experience of just a flow and a movement of loving, then what does that tell me? Oh, there's still some doors that I can open. Notice I said that differently. Instead of some things I can clear or walls I can knock down or tear down, there's some doors I can open. It's a little more gentle, a lot more easy or easier. That's right, more easier. There, again, my grammar corrected. <laughs> it's more easier opening doors. But then again, what do we need to open doors? Keys, because a lot of those doors are locked. But that's even an illusion. But in that process, having those keys, that's why these names of God given in initiation to use in meditation have been referred to as the keys to the kingdom. Those are the keys. Those sacred names are the keys that open those doors of consciousness for us to fully wake up and realize and know that greater truth of our oneness in God. As Jim was said earlier, I and the Father are one. We know that, but we've forgotten it. And so these keys given to us in initiation are those keys we can begin to put into the locks to open the doors to wake up and remember because those doors are simply illusions of separation that we truly are not one with God. That's what this world wants us to believe. We're not one with God. And the world and the mind and everything in it will tell us in so many different ways and even people around us and even those that really are spiritual or think they are will even tell us otherwise. Because why? Because that ego wants to have control and dominion over others because it makes it feel so important. That's why we'll put stuff on people. That's why we'll tell people what to do. Because that ego is how it is fed. By control, through fear, through right and wrong, through expectations, through demands and wants. Because look, when we tell somebody or give somebody some wonderful advice and they go do it, oh, don't we feel so good about ourselves? And then when we go tell somebody something that we know would be just fix their life and save them through their process and they don't do it, and then we feel bad about ourselves, and we know if they would do what we told them to, they would really do better? <laughs> yeah. It's that process that the mind does to try to get itself wrapped around things. And you know, one of the scariest, I say that, haha, because it was an illusion... But also I've seen the effects this has even on the inner levels. I've seen an authority figure share with a group of people one time. And the people in that group believed it, what that authority figure shared. And then I saw in spirit, just a few days after that, all these people that took that on as true because they believed this authority figure without having their own experience. And actually a lot of them denying their own experience. 
they went in and I saw them. I saw them standing there right with their inner child. Every one of them had their inner child right in front of them. And that inner child was just crying and bawling its eyes out. I say it's because it's both men and women. There's a lot of them. And every single inner child was just crying and crying because that adult self had taken on what this authority figure, because they got to be right, right? They know what's going on, said. And so they took it on as a belief and created separation in themselves with their own inner child, that own inner knowing, knowing of their inner self, that inner child. And that child just seeing that crying because it knew the truth and the pain that that belief had created a separation inside the person with that inner child. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was disturbing seeing that. But it was also one of the most eye-opening things for me to see what goes on on the inner levels with people in their consciousness. It kind of shook me a little bit. I felt really sad because I understood what was going on. But then I also realized later, well, wait a minute. Everybody really makes a choice of whether we take on something that somebody says is true or not. And so, in truth, we choose into creating separation in ourselves or bringing the wholeness and oneness. We choose that. But when we don't have the understanding or personal experience is where we will often give our power away to others, especially authority figures or people we think are all so important. And this isn't a put-down, because a lot of powerful authority figures have a lot of wonderful things to share. But this is going back to where I was starting. If we believe everything, even especially if we disregard our own inner knowing, that's what happens. It creates a separation in ourselves where we just hurt ourselves. So at some point, to heal these, to bring that wholeness back and that loving, we have to begin to ask so we can receive the inner truth for ourselves. And sometimes talking in this world, like I said, go talk to the source. Every time I found somebody coming talking to me directly or to another person that they had to question about, they started answering that for themselves, and it started to bring now that unification back in where they were in separation. I went, wow. That's why even the CD we just came out with, Communion in Action, why I even did that talking with Jim. It's about true communication. is about bringing to union now. Bringing to union all those different parts of ourselves back into that greater oneness and flow with the divine and in with God to the greater communion on all the levels, the greater flow of oneness. Coming into union, communion in action, communication. And so I found as I did that even here in the world as an auto-reflection, it actually helped me to bring greater alignment and union and flow inside of myself. And then the wonderful thing was, as I did that in the world, well, guess what? Because I took responsibility for my thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions, then as I did that, all of a sudden, I started having greater inner experience, greater freedom greater understanding and knowing through my own personal experience rather than just believing or taking some information I heard out here in the world, putting it to practical inner use to really serve me on my journey of awakening. 
And that's all any of us need to do is to take these things, even like I'm sharing now, to begin to see how we can work it in ourselves and experiment with it. Try things out and find out for yourself to bring that union inside within yourself. All those areas where you've believed things and you've gone into pain or separation. All the things you've done to create pain and separation. Start to bring it back into union, to heal, to love. That's why we talk so much about that LAF acronym, to love and accept and to forgive. Because I found those are the most effective, simple tools to begin to heal those walls of separation, to open the doors back up so there is that divine flow through all these different levels and aspects of ourselves and in ourselves with God. That's the responsibility. And as we take that, we really bring ourselves back into union with God. And all any spiritual teacher does is give us the keys to do that and the understanding how to do that with those keys we've been given. Nobody can do this for this. And I know you guys hear Jim and I say this over and over, but I hear and see so many people still question that because everywhere in the world, and I hate to put this, especially in the East, people are all about guru worship and they think they're giving their power away to some other person. And that's just not how it works. It's just not. We'll do that here. We know some people do that in ILM with Jim and I. And that's okay. It's part of the process. But this is why Jim and I share about this so much. So we don't let that build as a belief system for anybody because we know that's not going to serve any soul in its freedom and liberation. We want you to know directly from us that this is about you and God. And all we're here to do is to help give greater clarity and understanding and some tools of how you can do that. And of course we love you and participate with you along the way. Of course. But Jim and I know we can't do it for you. And we will always give back when somebody tries to give their power to us. Because it ain't fun trying to do that. I thought in the beginning that I wanted to be the guy who could tell everybody and give them all the answers. But boy, with some of the energy where people didn't want to take responsibility, because that's what it really is, it wasn't just giving their power away. Really what we're doing is trying to give away our responsibility for somebody else to do it for us. And when I started experiencing that energy coming on me, I did not want to be the big guy who had all the answers. It ain't fun. It really isn't. This is no cakewalk doing what Jim and I do. It's not. It's a lot of hard work, and it's easier when you understand it. I'm saying that because some people think, well, I want to be a teacher. Isn't that the ultimate top of the pyramid? No, it's not. It's liberating your soul and merging back into the heart of God is the ultimate. That's what any of this is about. The only reason I'm doing this is because I've done that and God spit me back out and I'll go say, here, I want you to also share about that journey. That's the only reason I'm doing this. I thought it was a wonderful thing looking at it in the beginning. And it is a wonderful thing, but it's way different than I thought it was going to be. And I'm glad because then it just dissolved all my illusions and fantasies. There's a great disillusion of all the things we think of what a spiritual teacher is. Because boy, a lot of those illusions I had definitely got demolished. But I like it because now it's getting down to reality. Let's just get down and be real. 
that's what this is about, and that's why I talk this way and do this. It's just about getting real. You know, in the East, one of the things they've shared is they often call each other friend. The friend. And you've heard me in here share in the beginning, as soon as I moved to Austin, I became just great friends with Jim. And out of the friendship came this greater awakening and this movement of service in teaching about this pathway. And to this day, it's the same way. Yes, I can say I know the truth as Jim is a spiritual teacher for me in that action spiritually, but that's just a whole different kind of a way to describe it. All of that is based on friendship. It's all just friends and the best of friends. I've had so many people here that have gotten initiated with us say in the beginning, say, you know, I have a hard time actually thinking because I don't see you as a teacher. You're just such a good friend. And I go, duh. (laughs) And you know the acronym for duh, divine awareness. (laughs) That's the whole thing. Because in friendship, we're open and vulnerable and honest with each other and just love one another. Often when we think of teacher and student, we'll make pedestals. What are pedestals? They're separations. Higher than, lower than, more this, less that, whatever. That gets in the way of the soul's liberation. And that's why Jim and I talk about all this, because we want to do everything we can to not set those things up or not allow them to build up if people try to build them in here. And we will do that to our last breath if we can. It's just what goes on, and it's okay. But Jim and I want those of you coming here to know directly from us what we have to say about it. And I just changed my words to what we have to say, because again, all this is words, but it is my knowing. But you know what? You've got to find out for yourself. You've got to check it out. See if being friends is a lot more loving and freeing than, oh, they're teachers and special or this or that. Notice the difference in yourself. What creates openness? What creates separation? That's what this is all about. Simple as that. You're going to open the door or close the door because you're the one who has the choice, the authority to do that. Nobody else. As much as it seems like when we feel the pressures from others that they're doing it to us, yeah, they're doing it to us. Just accept it. And are you going to allow inside of yourself that energy coming at you to close the door inside of you? Or are you going to do what you can inside to keep the door open? Because it has nothing to do with out here. People can call you names, beat you up, throw you in jail. They're doing it to you. But still, even with that, we don't have to close down the door to spirit inside. We don't have to close that door. No matter what anybody does or says, we don't have to close that door inside of ourselves. And it's so easy to go into reaction and close the door. The nice thing is, we're the ones who close the door, and we're the ones who have the authority and power to open it back up. That is the nice thing. So we're never really truly stuck or entrapped. That's the illusion here, and that's what the world wants us to believe, even after we get initiated. That's what the world will keep trying to do and get us to believe, even when we know other, when we even know the truth. We can even wake up in spirit 
and know that through our own experience. And then we get back in this consciousness here and go about our day and the world is sitting there trying to close our door, close our door. And if we don't watch it, eventually that door starts to kind of creep shut. And we go, what happened? I had the door open. Why am I doubting now? Why am I questioning? Well, questioning's good. Keep asking those questions because it'll get that door open again. Better off doing that than just, well, okay, I guess that's it. I'm stuck with this now. Don't do that. Well, go ahead and do that. I did. We all do. We all do. It's part of the learning, though. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just painful. And that's what I'm trying to talk to today is that pain of separation that we each feel when a door closes inside of us. Just as I shared when I saw all those inner children crying because of what the adult self did in their own belief in overriding their own inner truth. When I saw that, I went, oh my God, that's what the world's doing here. And I realized just that small little microcosm I saw is what's going on in the world. It's going on everywhere. It's just what goes on here. But it was all inside. This is not an outer thing. This is all inner spiritual experience. All of it. And in those levels is where truly the soul can have dominion. Truly. When we talk about the soul having dominion over the mind, emotions, and body, we're not necessarily saying over the physical body in the world, you can go damn well, go do anything you want and not have any repercussions for it. Uh-uh, that's not what we're saying. We say honor the laws of the land here. Honor that. And realize this is all an inner journey. And honor that and work it the way it works. Work the world the way it works. Work the inner the way it works. And learn, learn the difference. Learn how each one works in its own way because they are different. What does that give to Caesar, which is Caesar's? And give to God what's God's. That's what we're saying here. Just kind of updating it all. That's what we're doing here. And Jim and I are here to serve anybody looking for that greater awakening and understanding and knowing in themselves. We don't care what anybody's background is, what you've done before, what you haven't done, where you've been, where you haven't been. It does not matter to us. Because we've had people ask, well, you know, I was over here doing this and I was working with some other teacher and I did this bad thing earlier on. Am I going to be able to be accepted by God because, you know, I was a bad person? I'm serious. I just got that question just a couple weeks ago. And it's just like, it was wonderful to see the person's face when they just, when I said, no, it does not matter at all. Anything you've done, heard, Whatever in your past does not matter. There's just this wonderful relief and look of satisfaction. Because what? They were not giving themselves the opportunity to truly love and accept and forgive themselves for no matter what their experience was. But yet, here's where this can serve, because it was just me saying it, so what did they do? They believed what I said, but that belief served them very well in the moment. So they could say, well, Brian, did they just give your power, their power away to you? Well, in a way, you could say, yes, they did, but did they really? Not really. Because what looked like maybe, well, they believed what you said was, what did they do? They remembered the truth of themselves 
And in remembering that, they let go of all those things that they had placed inside of themselves against the greater awakening and knowing of the divine. And what did we say earlier? We can't tell you anything you don't already know, but we might help remind you of what you've forgotten. And that's all I did in that instance. And that was all that was needed. And hopefully, in what we share here, it's the very same thing and you realize that. That we're not telling you or doing this for you. We're just sharing and hopefully you'll begin to remember the things that maybe you've forgotten. That's it. That's why it's great to get together like this and share. But even with this, we can have wonderful awarenesses and insights and awakenings just even in the gathering like this. But it's not till we really take it deeper within in that action of meditation do we really have the greater awakening and knowing and understanding. And that's what we really want to do. So hopefully all the things we share in here help lead in that direction for those of us who want to walk that. And for those that don't, Jim and I don't worry about it because we know everybody's right where they need to be for whatever they're learning, their lessons are. Maybe it's just one little thing or a seed planted and then we got to go out and have our experience and learn our lessons. And then when we do that, another door is opened. Another door is open. Another level of fulfillment. Another area within our consciousness that we now have let God walk into. And at the same time, we've walked into God. As I said earlier, it's not really in or out. It's really just emerging altogether. That's what's really going on. That's what I do know. So please, here's a request. Don't let anything hold you back. Oh, I'm sorry, I just told you that. If you would, please don't let anything hold you back. What? I don't know. So I'm going to just tell you what to do right now. Don't let anything hold you back. And hopefully what I said earlier, you have a greater understanding of maybe how you can do that and really keep waking up so you really know the divine that you are. And let it go from there. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to see what you can be in the world and what kind of service you can do. Just go for God. That's the greatest service in the world, as well as to yourself, as well as to God, as well as to everybody, is you just going home to God. That's it. That's it. And the only way to do that is to go within. It doesn't happen by going out into the world. I don't care how good the service is. I'm sorry. You ain't going to wake up that way. You can have some wonderful experiences, some wonderful movement of loving, no doubt. But it ain't going to wake you up to the fullness of you really realizing the oneness that you are with God. That's it. That's what it takes. That's why the first service is always to self and that first surface is always the meditation. There's nothing greater. That's it. You do that, and everything else will flow out of that. You give your 10% of the day to God, and don't even worry about the rest. You know what the next service after that is? Take care of yourself, physically, financially, eating, whatever, nutritionally, all that stuff. Do that. This is a selfish pathway. Take care of yourself first. For real. You do that, then you will start to build an abundance in all kinds of different ways. But the main abundance is in 
the Spirit. Because as you are full of the Spirit, it will overflow, and then it will reflect into the world. And you won't have to plan or figure out or think about. It'll just come about naturally because Spirit will bring it about and lead you into it as a natural flow, as a movement of that loving. But you've got to fill yourself first. Don't be going looking to do all the good works in the world until you've done the fullness of the good works within yourself. Don't look to be a servant of God. Look to serve God. Get the difference? Serve God by going to God and allow God to do the rest. When you go inside and ask God, Lord, what is your will for me? Oh, there it is. God, tell me again what to do. What is thy will, Lord? God's answer always is to love me, to come home, to wake up and know your oneness within me. That's it. That's God's will. That's the will of God for every single living being. And as we do that, then the journey and everything else is fulfilled in that. Truly, take care of yourself in the greatest way. Don't worry about the rest. You'll scatter yourself too thin. You'll be trying to do too much. And then you won't be doing the meditation. And then even when you try to do the meditation, you'll have a hard time doing it because you have all these other energies in the world pulling on you. And then even if you do 10% of the day in meditation, it won't be really the greater fullness of devotion because all these energies point on you. And you'll be looking to try to answer that and fulfill that so it's a total distraction when you're in meditation. Then you go, maybe it's better if I just go up and take care of it. Well, yeah, it is for that which wants to be taken care of in the world. But no, not for you, the soul, that wants to go home to God. And we have to realize that. If we really want to go home to God, if we really want to know our oneness with God, that's what we have to realize. This 10% of the day or two hours and 24 minutes to be exact that we're suggesting in meditation, it's not really a suggestion. We say it that way because we don't want it to make it a demand, but it's really what Spirit has laid out. And Spirit laid it out for very practical reasons. Because in giving it that time that we give ourselves the opportunity to really wake up into the greater fullness. And when we don't give it the time, oh, we still wake up, just maybe not into as much fullness or into or as quickly that we would like. And I don't mean to make this sound like if you're not doing that. I'm not saying that at all. Just as Jim said earlier, Five minutes a day, five hours a day, whatever it is. Find your process in that, but don't be a wuss either. <laughs> don't be so easy on yourself because guess what? The mind and the emotions want you to exactly do that so you don't do the inner work to get home to God. It'll make up all kinds of excuses and distractions. And that's just what it does. But that's not bad. And I almost hate saying stuff like what I'm saying now. Really, I just love it. But I really know that it also creates sometimes a disturbance for people because it did for me as well when I heard these words over the years when I wasn't giving it that full time. It's about the time and it's about the devotion and loving. It's not one or the other. It's all of it. 
Five minutes devotion is great, but two and a half hours is even greater because we get the greater benefit. That's really what it boils down to. All I'm saying is don't cut yourself short. See what you can do to give yourself more time in meditation with that loving and devotion with God. You don't have to earn your way. You don't have to go and do all these things in the world and try to be something thinking you're going to earn your way to heaven. It's not how it works. If it did, a lot of people would already be there. This really is the easy way. Believe it or not, this is the easy way. Why is it so hard then to do 10% of the day in meditation to give our time with God? We're not giving our time with God. That's the illusion. We're spending that much time in being and loving with God. That's what it's about. So I can't say don't get hung up on the time issue. We will just because we're having experience in time. But just change that hang-up into God. So get hung up on God in meditation during that time that you're meditating. It's just a simple little reversal. That's all we're doing here. But give yourself the chance. That's all I hope I'm really saying here is give yourself more of a chance. Give yourself more of an opportunity by taking the time to do that. doesn't matter when or where or who with. It's really just between you and God anyway. Whether you're in a group like we're doing today or whether you're, you know, hiding in your closet, doesn't matter where. Really doesn't. It's just doing it. That's what it boils down to. And then the rest is just continually opening the doors. And all we're doing here is trying to maybe give some understanding of how to do that. All right.